0: Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review, or just leave a rating. Do something to get the word out so that we can get the Marvin Francois Show to more listeners moving forward. Outside of that, love you guys. Appreciate the support. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. What's going on, you guys? Marvin Francois here, uh, owner and founder of Francois Capital LLC. And now today, I'm very, very excited because we are coming with a brand new YouTube video diving into one of the hottest industries in the world of entrepreneurship today. Airbnb. We're going to be talking about everything from A to Z in regards to Airbnb, from how to get started, do's and don'ts, the difference between the field of Airbnb versus long-term rentals, Uh, how to systemize your business, how to automate your business, and how you can get started ASAP. Super excited. But before we dive into that, take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right now. Just go ahead and slap that like button and show this video some love. It really does help a lot with the YouTube algorithm in terms of pushing the video out there so that more and more people can see it. Now, I'm not just excited today because we're talking about Airbnb, but I'm even more excited because of the guests that I have on to talk to us about the field A very good friend of mine, uh, entrepreneur, and from what I saw on Instagram recently, a landowner. A landowner. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, uh, Very, very special guest that I want to introduce to you guys today, Miss Maya Chapman on Instagram, known as at Compass PG. You want to take a second to introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. Thank you, Marvin, for having me today. Um, Look, when you asked me, I was like, oh, absolutely. You already know I'm in there. So I really appreciate it. Um, Like you said, my name is Maya Chapman. I am the owner and founder of Compass Property and Development Group, LLC. I specialize in short term rentals. I also have long term rentals. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of dabbling in some other things. I got working into tax deeds and stuff like that now. So I do have a nine to five. Currently, I work for a real estate tech company. Um, but the plan is that this is my last job, right? So, you know, I, I naturally don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, but when you're when you see things sometimes you can't unsee them so yeah. i've seen the time freedom that comes with you know entrepreneurship although it's very difficult um there's just a different le- a different sense of flexibility and fluidity that i want and a different lifestyle that i want to have and so i've already got a grasp of like you know what it looks like to gain residual income what it looks like to make money in my sleep And so scaling up into the point to where, you know, I can quit my job is the absolute next goal. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm ready to spill everything as it pertains to Airbnb. No holding back um, because it's really, really important that, you know, even if it's not Airbnb, even if it's not real estate, that we all find something that we can make money off of um, and, and, and support our family, support ourselves um and and just be smarter and not working harder so thank you again i'm so excited and i'm ready so yes let's get it
0: let's do it let's do it yes so let's just jump right into it uh like you and i both know airbnb is one of the hottest industries that's up and running right now in the entrepreneurial space And a lot of people who are trying to find their way in real estate, they've heard about wholesaling, they've heard about fix and flip and and hold and things of that nature. But but Airbnb, for the most part, is still still fairly new, right? It's still on the the come. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the difference between uh, uh, owning a uh, long-term rental, like an investment property, versus Mm -hmm. a short-term rental, like an Airbnb, because I think that would be a great place to start so people understand the difference between the two.
1: Yes. Yeah, so when we talk about um, traditional rental real estate, we're talking about your typically between six to six months to one year lease, right? You mm-hmm. find an apartment, you sign the lease, you stay there. It's pretty traditional, it's pretty straightforward. Now, when we talk about um, short term rentals, that looks a little bit different, right? So people always talk about Airbnb, but remember, there are other OTAs out there, OTAs stands for online travel agency. So we have VRBO, you can also create your own OTA, um, you know, your own private website, a lot of different avenues there. Um, I think a big difference and something that people ask me a lot about is, should I buy a property to put on Airbnb or should I do arbitrage? Right. So arbit- arbitrage is basically you are leasing a space that you lease to someone else. That's the simplest way to put it. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally own a duplex um, that I rent out. The top half is for short-term rental. The long half, the or the bottom half, is for my my long-term ride or dies that I hope never leave because they pay their rent early. Um, and then I also have an arbitrage unit. Arbitrage, I, I essentially found an apartment, or it's a it's a quadruplex that I rent a unit out of. Mm-hmm. And then um, they allow me to do Airbnb within it. So it really just depends. Um, I would say unless your market is just really, really popping, um, you don't need to buy a property to do Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you might the, the advantage to doing arbitrage is that it's a lease, right? Mm-hmm. So you can try it out for a year. You sign a, a year lease, and then if it doesn't work, you can get rid of it. You don't have to sell a property, you don't have to worry about a huge down payment those are some different steps. Um, But you might have properties that are multi use. So you might say, hey, I wanted to buy a house anyway, I'm going to house hack it. House hacking is when you live in one part, and then you rent out the other part. So maybe you know, you try different things. And that's the beauty of real estate. And that's what I love about rentals is that I've tried a lot of different things. And I've been able to pinpoint like, okay, you know, this what didn't work out so great for me. And then this is also working really well. Um, So you can just really pivot. But yeah, those are the biggest differences. Um, When it comes to Airbnb versus or short-term rental versus long-term rental, obviously with short-term, you're going to have more turnover, right? You're going to need cleaners to not just clean at the beginning and end of a lease. You might need a cleaner two or three times a week. Yeah. Um, so it really just depends on how you're connected and you know what resources you have around you. Um, and then the last thing I want to touch on, and this is something that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, is the difference between a tenant and a guest. Mm-hmm. So we throw those words around and use them interchangeably,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they're not the same. And you right. want to be very careful, especially when it comes to because I do private short term rentals. when it comes to that, technically a tenant, Is someone who has some type of right to the space i don't want you to have any right to my space if you are on airbnb so because we haven't signed a lease you have the you know agreements with airbnb but you we haven't signed a lease so it's very important that you are referring to them as guests um or even for the short-term rentals that i have i have a rental agreement i don't have a lease for them but for my long-term tenants i do have a lease so there is a difference, you know, you just have to be careful in the ways in which you address them um in case you know there's legal action or something like that.
0: Got you, got you. So you said something very interesting because I know a lot of people there are some people that are in the uh real estate Airbnb space, right? And there are some mm-hmm. that are full short-term rental. All of their real estate mm-hmm. investing that they're doing is just short-term rentals, right? Airbnb, VRBO, so forth and so on. And you have other people right. that aren't too fancy on the Airbnb thing. like the traditional real estate of, you know, uh, doing the bird yeah. method, put some tenants up in there, watch, right. them, repeat the process. And then you have people like yourself that dibble and dabble in both the fields, but you said something uh, very interesting. That I person never heard before. You have a duplex where on the <laughs> first floor on the, in the first unit, right? Yeah. You're, you're doing long-term rental. And then on the upper unit, you're doing short-term rental. Is there any reason in particular that for that property, you decided to kind of, you know, maneuver with it that way?
1: Absolutely, so um let's in order to decide what you want to do, you have to break down the numbers. the numbers have to make sense.
0: Right. I'm
1: not doing Airbnb just because' do do I like my listing I got good reviews you know that's great, but you have to do what makes sense in terms of the numbers so I'm gonna be very honest about my numbers so my um my my home I have one mortgage for the home right. it's a thousand dollars even right so, my downstairs tenants pay 1200, that includes utilities. The 200 covers utilities for the whole house. And then the 1000, you know, the rest of that goes toward my mortgage. So the reason why I have long-term tenants downstairs is because I want that to be consistent. At the very, very least, I'm not paying my mortgage. Right. They're gonna pay it. I've made one, one mortgage payment out of my own pocket since I purchased the home.
2: Love so
1: it. it's like, I know that they're my ride or dies, like I said, you know, as long as they don't, as long as they continue to renew their lease, Mm -hmm. they'll be there to cover my mortgage. Anything else that I have is cash flow. So I know that with travel nurses, which is the audience that I target Mm -hmm. or travel professionals, they pay more. They're just going to pay more because I'm not only providing the space, but I'm also paying for utilities. I'm paying for Internet and I'm paying to have the, the space furnished. Mm-hmm. And they have a washer and dryer in the unit. So they're getting a lot, you know? So my price upstairs is going to be more expensive than downstairs, whereas they just have their rent and their
0: utilities that I cover. Sensational. So essentially, it sounds like downstairs basically takes care of all the overhead for the property. Mm-hmm. Upstairs is just straight cash flow. Yes. But at. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- master. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Right. So now for somebody that's watching this video, they hear you talking to talk about Airbnb and maybe they're mm-hmm. super excited, whether it was before they got to this video or while they started watching this video, they right. want to get started in the industry. They want to jump head first, but they're not necessarily st- sure where to start. Right. So now let's talk about uh location. Right. Because location mm-hmm. is a very huge role. I mean, that's everything in the world of real estate. So talk a little bit about what are some things that someone should be looking into when it comes to securing their first unit for an Airbnb as it pertains to location, how the unit should be set up and things that mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so honestly, the most important aspects of the Airbnb business or the short-term rental business mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. location and your cleaners and your communication and hospitality. If you go to my um, my listing, you're gonna see multiple reviews where they talk about communication. The host, she communicates quickly. She, you know, all of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is very important because mm-hmm. you'll find that even when you have issues,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm gonna tell y'all about an issue I just had a few days ago. Later mm-hmm. on, um, even when you have issues, if you are responding quickly, then you are going to they're they're gonna appreciate that. Some people still be mad, but you know, whatever. Right. In terms of location specifically. This is again, like I said, of like the top one of the top most important things that you need to care about. So let's say I live in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get I don't need to get an Airbnb in Richmond just because I live there.
2: Mm-hmm. You need
1: to go where the money resides. No, <laughs> you need to go where people are going. Right. So when you're thinking about your location, you want to think about what are major attractions that are attracting people who want to spend money, mm-hmm. right? where where are people going when they come here what do people think about the area do you, is this an area that a lot of people talk about right. is this an area where you know there's you know people they're building a lot or you know there's a new amazon facility or like that's the types of things you want to hospitals right. i have a perfect location for travel nurses because my airbnb is six minutes from Duke hospital
2: mm-hmm. so
1: they work nights And that's why I said you have to develop this persona of the person that you want to attract in your head. I know my person is a travel nurse. I know Mm -hmm. they work nights. I know they need to be in a safe neighborhood because they're going to be, you know, get leaving at nighttime. I know that they need um, somewhere that's quiet because they're more than likely going to be sleeping during the day. I know that a lot of them travel with their dogs and I can get extra money just Mm -hmm. by allowing them to, you know, bring their pets. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that you want to think about. If you're doing arbitrage and you're looking for a location, Mm
2: -hmm. then
1: does the apartment complex that you are about to get a corporate lease with, do they accept animals? Mm -hmm. You know, I collect a $500 non-refundable deposit just for pets, in addition to their regular deposit that they're paying that's refundable. So, and people don't play about their pets. They want that. Um, So yeah, think about when it comes to location, think about your target audience who are you targeting? Don't just try to say, oh, I want anybody to stay here. I mean, that's great, but there has to be a specific person or a specific type of person that that you're looking for. And then also in terms of um, location, think about the amenities, like what types of amenities are they looking for? You need to absolutely include utilities because if they're there for three months, they're not putting utilities in their name.
2: Right. Uh,
1: How close is it to main attractions? How close is it, like I said, to hospitals? what's the functionality of the space look like is it does it feel cramped does it feel open if you're if you're attracting business professionals you have an office nook or office space where they can do their work from home um so those are just you know different things that you definitely have to consider when it comes to location specifically
0: that's perfect now another thing I, i would ask is when we talk about the makeup of the unit right how much does things like beds and amount of beds and baths go into um, how you personally look into if a unit Mm -hmm. would or not for Airbnb?
1: Yeah, so it depends on where you're going. So my Airbnb is in Durham, North Carolina. People Mm -hmm. are typically not coming to Durham or Raleigh for vacation. Right. They're coming to, you know, move their student into Duke University. They're coming for the hospital. They're coming, you know, for those reasons or as a travel nurse so um you have to think about those things now when it comes to beds and baths and the reason why i brought up you know your audience you know really runs everything it's so it it that's the purpose that you're there right so if you know that you have a lot of people who are just like one or two people traveling you only need a one bedroom right people might say oh well you can maximize with three or four bedrooms you absolutely can but if you don't have large groups of people typically come into your area And wanting to stay in the same space, it doesn't make sense. And it's going to be more expensive um, to furnish and, you know, square footage and utilities. Um, And then something else is like parties, too. If you got a one bedroom, one bath, people are typically not throwing parties there. So that's something else to um, consider. But it really just depends. I would say I had a student uh, or a mentee who was in my coaching program and she's like, well, I want to do Airbnb in, in Virginia Beach. And I said, okay. In your case, it makes sense to have a three bedroom because people who are going to the beach are usually traveling in groups. Right. So, okay, you can maximize the space. You can add extra cots or beds. So that way more people can stay there and you can charge more.
0: Got you. Got you. Got you. That's another major gem right there. So you said something a little bit earlier that I really want to dive into, because I think this is one of the more focal points about, you know, Uh, arbitrage and short-term rentals and that's commercial leasing right Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the that's one of the biggest parts that go into it because you know uh, a lot of times people are trying to get into Airbnb but they're not necessarily sure who to go or where to go to find landlord landlords or just property owners that are open to commercial leasing like for example I live in New York New York is not allowing (laughs) you to to do airbnb unless mm-hmm. you yourself own the property right and as mm-hmm. you and i know the basis of what makes this business so beautiful is you don't need to own the property you're basically yeah. essentially essentially you're subleasing right and that's you're able to run your business from there so how can okay we have we know we understand location we understand what you're mm-hmm. looking forward in terms of utilities and men. Right. now in terms of finding a, a property owner or a landlord that's open to commercial leasing how could we go about doing that
1: yes yeah, so you don't have to do corporate leasing if you don't want to. Some people, the biggest difference between corporate leasing and um, not doing corporate leasing is, is it in your business's name or is it in your name? Mm -hmm. Now, when you do put it in your name, you do run the risk. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about corporate leases, they have a business background. Like that's something that you have to have. Like you're not going to get a corporate lease um if you don't have that they're going to be looking at sometimes straight lines they look for business references sometimes they're going to ask you how long have you been in the business um they're going to look at your business credit score so because they want to know they want to make sure that your business makes enough money to pay them to pay the rent um and so when it comes to private landlords versus apartment apartment complexes almost always are going to be corporate leases. Mm-hmm. Um, but landlords are more flexible, and so there's a there's a, a um, advantage to that. And so sometimes you might have a landlord who you don't have to necessarily have a corporate lease; you can put it in your name, but you can it, it'll be in your business's name. But you don't have to have the same right. like right. specific qualifications that are required if you use an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So if, does that make sense? That's kind of like the biggest the biggest difference with that. Um, but when it comes to you asked about. You know how to like get into that. How to what that conversation looks like with the landlord. Right. Um, I would say the biggest thing is to identify pain points. When you, I specialize in the um, in the Facebook Marketplace kind of method. Okay. I found okay. my arbitrage unit on Facebook Marketplace, so I said doo, 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 doo. went to Facebook Marketplace, looked up one bedroom, one bath, close to Duke University, and or Duke Hospitals, same thing basically, and. Um, I started reaching out. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've sold something on Facebook Marketplace before or you you have bought something, but you know the the uh, pre-filled response that says, hi, whatever their name is, is available. You don't want to do that because if you have a popular property or item or whatever that you're selling, you're going to get a lot of those generic messages. Mm -hmm. As a person who's seeking a landlord who's going to allow you to do corporate leasing or allow you to do uh, Airbnb, Mm -hmm. um, you want to stand out. So this is how it goes. You message them on there. Hi, whatever your name is. "Um, I'm very interested in this unit. Are you, are you doing any showings or can I schedule a showing? Right? You're not going to just come out the gate and say, hey, do you allow corporate leases? Because corporate leases are becoming more and more popular. So a lot of the landlords and especially uh, apartment complexes, they're hip to it now. So they're like, nah, 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 you know, so just get in the door ask them if they're doing showings and then you set up your showing before the showing because you don't want to waste your time before the showing message them and ask like hey I do have a few more questions that I want to ask you are you able to talk over the phone right Right? so you'll talk to them get them on the phone you start to build rapport right you start to ask them questions about the property that aren't in the description right because you should have done your research Right. Don't ask how many bedrooms and baths it is if it says it on the listing, right? right. But you right. can ask other questions. You know, what's the proximity to this? Do you Can you provide the address? Those types of things. And then you're going to ask them, like, you know, let them know, you know, I am wondering also, would you allow me to re-rent the space? You just ask them. Mm-hmm. But you want to get them on the phone because they can leave you on rent on Facebook Marketplace. That's so get them on the phone. <laughs> Ask them, be honest. I know a lot of people try to do it and not tell the owner or whoever, but that's just not a good idea. Um, So be honest about it and answer any questions that they have. You don't want them to walk away from the conversation without feeling confident that this is going to work, right? So, something that they typically, when I say, um, you know, would you allow short term rentals in this space, they think that I'm asking, can I rent it just for a few months? But Mm -hmm. I clarify and let them know I am actually renting, you know, I'm still going to do my 12 month lease with you, but would you allow me to re-rent this space? Now, some landlords are going to get nervous, right? But this is why you identify pain points, Mm -hmm. because if you know what they need, you can tailor your responses to align with that better.
2: Right.
1: Perfect example. The space that I have, um, the owner actually posted it on Facebook Marketplace. But she, they had a property manager that wasn't doing their job. Mm. They had been doing renovations on this quadruplex for like four or five months. At this point, they're not making any money. Right. They just want somebody in there who's going to pay their rent. And so once I talked to her a little bit more, I built rapport. I asked questions like, you know, I noticed that this has been posted for a while. You know, she, like I said, she posted it on Facebook Marketplace separate from the property manager because they just wanted her to find somebody. Right. So I'm like, I noticed this has been posted for a while, you know, is there a reason for that? And then since she's frustrated, she starts unraveling all of her pain points.
2: Right.
1: You know, telling me, we just want, you know, we just want somebody who can, who can pay their rent. We want to start making money on this. Okay. I can guarantee that for you. Right. As long as you allow me to do this. And she ended up just saying, yeah, just, you know, go ahead. We'll talk through the the specifics. Mm -hmm. I give them access. Like, they is their property, right? So they still are in control, mm-hmm. and you remind them of that, but you also remind them of all of the advantages to letting them allow you to do this. Mm-hmm. So, um, some of these might be like, you know, well, since I'll be doing Airbnb, which I'll get to the wording in a minute, but you don't want to say Airbnb, you want to say short term rentals, or mm-hmm. um, business clients, or traveling clients, or things like that. Right. Um, right. but you let them know since I'll be, you know, doing this, you know, for my business clients, I am going to have the space regularly cleaned. That's, that's just great news because as a landlord, something that you fear sometimes is like, Oh Lord, are these people going to come in here and tear up my place? That's Right. I mean. Right. But when right. you're cleaning, you having the place thoroughly cleaned multiple times a month right. that helps longevity. Right. That's something they want to hear. Um, Something else is security, right? Identity verification. So you could tell them, you know, and actually do it and tell them like, I'm going to have a ring camera. So if there's any type of, you know, activity or anything like that, we'll know what happened. You'll also have access to this because it's your property. Right. Keyless right. entry. I have full control over who has access to the space at all times. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about people making copies of keys because we don't even give out keys. Right. right. Um, so those are just some of the things that, you can assure them that, okay, like this might work, right? Talk about your experience. Talk about ways in which, you know, you have planned for this, ways in which you plan on knowing exactly who's in the space. That's something that has been like, when I was calling around and looking for a space, that Mm -hmm. was something that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of landlords show concern about. They're like, well, if you do Airbnb, how do I know who's in there? Mm -hmm. And so my response to this If I have like a traditional like travel nurse or something, I do a background check every time. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if they're a travel nurse, they have to have a background check to get the job. Right. Um, And then when it comes to Airbnb, they actually have a feature. And you might notice this when you're on the actual site. It'll say identity verified. So this means this is someone who has provided specific information like an email, a phone number. They have a profile picture, right? Right. Um, right? Or they've provided their ID those types of things. Um, and those are how those are specific ways that Airbnb uh, verifies their identity. So that's just another way that the landlord can feel more comfortable with having people in and out is because you know who's there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see it when she's talking, but I'm smiling from ear to ear because <laughs> I love how you're literally peeling the layers back of this game. And I feel like there's a lot of people who you know are trying to come into the space and there's a lot of fear that is attached to it with like with anything, right? That would be new because for them, they probably think, okay, in order for me to find a landlord that's gonna let me run this business, I gotta be at the hottest town of Miami and I gotta come with a million dollars in hand. And right. I need 80 rental properties in my portfolio for them to trust me. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're over here like know, yeah, Facebook marketplace. Yeah, just yeah, going, just go on, just go on yeah. Facebook marketplace, you know, strike up a conversation, identify pain points. You know, know how to you know put yourself out there, and then one, two, three, mm-hmm. one. More. and moreover, the short-term rental slash long-term rental that you have isn't even in like a super duper popular area. I think you said it's right. in D- Durham, right? Yeah. And you still were able to get your business up and yeah. running. So I'm literally smiling from ear to ear because I feel like there's somebody who's going to be watching this that's going to feel all here, see all their excuses get knocked out one by one. It don't mm-hmm. matter if you're in a popular city. It don't matter right. if you have any, you know, real estate experience before this. It all starts and ends with you, right? Now, we, we talked about location, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about commercial leasing. Uh, the next phase of the Airbnb business, which I think is probably one of my more uh, favorite aspects of it, is the furnishing of the space. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, once again, there might be somebody that's watching. It's like, okay, in order for me to have a profitable Airbnb, I need Louis Vuitton couches, <laughs> I need Balenciaga seats, I need, I need Armani, Armani cushions on my Louis Vuitton. Couches. Right. I to get the best of the best in order for my Airbnb to work, right? Mm-hmm. For someone who's watching this and who's looking for some direction, whether they haven't started Airbnb or they're starting and they're at that phase of the business, Mm -hmm. some some tips, some tricks, some gems that you could give them on, you know, a a route that they could take to properly go about furnishing their Airbnb. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So I know you mentioned the the Balenciaga seats and all of that. Like, honestly, the more effort, the more profit, Okay. Like, I mean... But that, that doesn't have to always be the case. I only say that because we see a lot of people on Instagram talking about Airbnb and you're seeing, you know, their, their apartment and it's just decked out. Right. Right. OK, they can do that. Right. But there are also a lot of ways that you can save money in within the furnishing process. I furnish my entire unit for about fourteen hundred dollars. That mm-hmm. includes furniture. Mm-hmm. That includes towels, linens little accessories desk chair wall paintings all of that um now it also depends on how much legwork do you want to put into this how much time do you have on your hands do you have help are you hiring people to do this for you are you doing it yourself so it really just depends on that um and it depends on your budget but like i said i fully furnished mine with about 1400 dollars Um, I got my furniture on Facebook Marketplace.
0: (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Certain furniture, though. You have to be careful. Right. I usually don't buy upholstered items on Facebook Marketplace because you run the risk of like roaches, bed bugs, that type of stuff. Right. Right. Definitely not mattresses on Facebook Marketplace. But those other things like a desk or an office chair or, you know, little bar stools or, you know, those types of things that can be sanitized. I got those on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm talking them down too. So they got a desk on here for 50. I said, I'll give you 35. I can pick it up today. All right. Right. There right. you go. Boom. Um, and so yeah, Facebook Marketplace has a lot. Also, Ross, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, you know, it doesn't have to be this hugely expensive thing.
2: Right. Um, I get
1: all of my linens from Sam's Club, which is like a wholesale place. So, like I know some people go to Costco or BJ's. But there are specific and in my post coaching program, I actually have a list of all of my furnishings. So you could literally and all the links. So you could literally just click and order everything in one swoop if you want it. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I get my my comforters from Ross, like those types of things are just things that I kind of have collected over time. Um, But, yeah, the, the furnishing, it really just depends. Again, who is your target audience? If you know this is a little gym too something I plan on doing when my current person moves out mm-hmm. is if you have travel nurses get blackout curtains in the bedroom
2: mm. because
1: again mm-hmm. they're sleeping tip use every travel nurse I've had has worked nights right so they're sleep during the day so how comfortable would it be if they could come home and it still be dark in the room right those are the things you have to think about that's why I said your target audience you are thinking through their lens don't just get oh i like the color red so i'm gonna get i love pink pink is my favorite color but the people that stay in my spaces don't care about that so it doesn't matter um so yeah but you can definitely do it with lower capital um you can find ways to spruce up the place find ways to make it feel more comfortable you Mm -hmm. want people to feel at home you don't want them to walk in i've walked into airbnbs and i'm like oh this ain't it
2: right you know
1: or which I'm a little more, you know, critical because I do Airbnb, but I'm like, wait a minute, they, why they fold these towels up like, like
2: this looks crazy, <laughs> you know? So
1: those are all little things that go into their overall experience. Um, but like I said, it's based on what the people that are staying there are going to like, not what you like. So you just got to do a little research. Even today, and this is the last time I say, I will randomly go on Airbnb and just go to different cities and, and look at the Airbnbs. Right. Like do your market research. Right. If That's you're correct. like, I don't know what to, where to start with my unit. What are other people who have bookings doing? Don't compare yourself to people who have open availability because nobody's booking them or don't have any good reviews. Go right. to the people who have a lot of good reviews, who are booked out and see what they're doing, what you where you could be filling in the gaps uh, in the space that you have that might be in the same area to where, all right, now you're their competition, you know, so. That's just, you know, a few
0: pieces on that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wait, so you, so you mean to tell me you didn't you didn't use Giorgio Armani sheets for your Airbnb? <laughs> so usually, you didn't, no, no, Absolutely no, no Vuitton, not. No Louis Vuitton cu- cushions, no Gucci no. mat nothing like that. Just I heard Sam's Club, <laughs> I heard TJ Maxx, I heard Ross, fit mm-hmm. marketplace, Yeah. Right? So so basically and only $1400. That, that, mm-hmm. okay. so a Based on everything, anybody can do this. This is not mm-hmm. for, for those that are in, I need a hundred thousand and up. You can get this going, even if you have, you know, little to, to, to not too much starting startup capital mm-hmm. right, when it comes to the furnishing. And I, once again, that's so, so huge, because like I said, I know there are so many people right that let fear get the best of them and think that they need all these things in the world to get started where that's not necessarily the case. Um, and yeah. even, even to your point about the blackout curtains, I love that because that's the that could be the difference between you getting a four-star and a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that go once again, you knowing your audience. Okay, I live in an area, we have travel nurses, I know they sleep during the day. That's a different level of, of, of thinking and empathy, right? For people that you have mm-hmm. coming in. Now one thing leads to another. You next thing you know, you become an all-star host. It's not because right. you have this fancy furniture in there, but that one minor right. detail that you implemented mm-hmm. that had people coming back. So I I absolutely love it.
2: Mm-hmm. So now
0: we got the location, yes. right? We got we got the we got the leasing figured out, right? Mm-hmm. We got the furnishing figured out, but we're not quite there yet <laughs> to list list Airbnb because there's another integral part of the business. And I think mm-hmm. this this could be arguably is the most important part of business, mm-hmm. the right? Right. Very, wow. very and you you have an Airbnb, you've been in Airbnb, so you already know how crazy and how important uh this can get. Talk to us a little bit about some of the systems that you put in place because with Airbnb, unlike a sh- long-term rental, right? Long-term rental, mm-hmm. tenant's responsible for cleaning. Short-term, right. that's on you, right? And yeah. you got a guest coming in. It needs to be spotless. It, it, it got to be perfect. I don't want to see no half-used toilet roll sitting on the right. I don't yeah. want no stains on my to- uh, towels. A bed, for- the bed better be fixed, right? These are right. The things that you're responsible for. Not the next guest. Not the guest. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about some of the systems that you put in place to make sure that when you have guests coming in and out, your unit is spotless.
1: And I'm doing this because I got to tell you about something. Like I said, I said it at the beginning. Something right. that happened to me literally a few days ago. Right. That could that I was really upset about. I was like, what? But I'm gonna get to that. So absolutely, like I mentioned before, cleaning is definitely in the top three. Right. If you don't have dependable cleaners, if you don't have cleaners that are thorough cleaners that do things in a neat way. It has to be perfect. Right. Like, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it has to be nice. Right. Some people, some guests are going to come to your space and they don't really care. Like, they're like, all right, it's, it's pretty clean. All right. But some guests are going to be like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, there are certain things that cleanliness is is directly associated with quality. Right. Right. So if you want to be able to charge more, you need to have a clean unit so right. that you have good reviews. And right. Oh my goodness, it was spotless. Don't nobody want to walk if you think about the hotel, the hotel standards that you have.
0: Right. You went
1: to the West End. It's a nice hotel, right?
0: Four seasons, the day, anything.
1: If you had an unfolded towel sitting on the bed, what would you think? You would think that, oh, they didn't clean this room. Even if everything else was right, it would be weird, right? So those are things that you have to be mindful of. And so one of the biggest systems that I put in place is training my cleaners, like, and making sure that they know exactly what they need to do. So I do this by providing them a checklist. I have it separated by bedroom or by space. So like, there's a kitchen section, there's a bedroom section, there's a laundry section, there's a checkout section, like, this is what the guests should have done before they left. Um, There's a living room section, you know, I have a welcome guide for my guests. So they can look through it. I have a long list of restaurants and phone numbers and amenities, important hotline numbers, all of that. You need to wipe that off and it needs to go in this space every time. So, and I know that that sounds extra, but once you have it set up, it's really, it's pretty seamless, right? But your cleaners have to be following that. So something that I did was my cleaner, and I have a really dependable cleaner. I don't recommend you only have one cleaner Mine is just always available, <laughs> but I do recommend, highly recommend that you have multiple options or backups just in case something happens. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so what I did was I knew that she had cleaning experience, but there's a difference between a cleaner who's just really good at cleaning and an Airbnb cleaner. Because right. if you're just cleaning the house, you vacuuming, you're disinfecting, you're sweeping and mopping, but you're not folding towels. You're not making sure that the towels are dry. You're not making sure that the sheets aren't wrinkled. Like, those are things that you have to explain. Don't assume that they know. Right. Um, it would be best if you could find a cleaner who has worked at a hotel before, something like that, because they know generally what, what it's supposed to look like, how to fold the towels well. Um, but what I do is I walk them through in person. I go in person with them. When she first started, she had cleaned for me before at my house but it wasn't Airbnb. So there was no linens involved, none of that. She was just cleaning the house to, for the tenant to come in. Right. Um, and so when she started cleaning for me for Airbnb, um, I met her at the space. I gave her the checklist. I had a copy of the checklist and we walked through the space and I showed her and her people that work with her step-by-step, step, this is what this should look like. Even as little as like the dishwasher pods don't put the whole, the whole thing of dishwasher pods in this kitchen because right. they're going to be gone. Right. So we have a special container that they go in. And this is how many you should have in here. These right. are how many rolls of toilet paper should be in here for a longer stay. Like mm-hmm. that, those are the types of things you have to break down. Um, and then also having a process for a schedule. So mm-hmm. right now, me and my cleaner, we, we do a lot through text messaging.
0: Right. Um,
1: right. That just works for us. I would highly recommend platforms like Todoist or Asana or, you know, Trello, those different task management platforms, because those are really cool. I actually actually use them for my business, which is regular tasks, but you can tag people. So they'll get a notification when there's a new, you know, task that needs to be done. You can send reminders, you can send emails, like all of that. So if you have a larger team, once you scale and things like that, you have to have something in place. Um, So highly recommend the training and highly recommend having some type of task manager and a specific um, and consistent way that you're communicating with them. So they know what to expect Mm. Um, because, you know, and something I tell people too: don't be afraid to fire cleaners. Right. Do not be afraid to fire them because it only takes one review. If you only got three reviews and one of them said the place was dirty, I'm gonna believe the place is dirty. You know what I mean? A fact. So that's something that's very important now, this is something that happened to me this past weekend we've me and my cleaner we've we've made amends now,
2: okay. but
1: I had a guest move in I think it was on like Saturday, mm-hmm. and they messaged me, and they were like, "Hey, the place is beautiful. Unfortunately, there's some towels, just kind of like dirty towels on the floor in the bathroom
2: and I'm like." Mm-hmm.
1: And they said it was something else, like some some trash or in the trash can or something like that. And so I always check with my cleaner before I message them back, I said hey did you clean the space today make long story short she forgot to clean that day, so the guest walked in there and the space wasn't clean. Yikes. So right. that could have been really, really bad, depending on the person. Like I said, some people, this lady was really nice because I jumped on it. I was, she, the my cleaner was there right. to clean within an hour of right. her reporting that to me. So that's, you know, she ended up giving me a five-star review and saying great things. She didn't mention uh-huh. nothing right. about, and I was scared. I was waiting for the review, like, oh my God, like, is she going to say something? Right. But she didn't. And the reason is because of, again, T- number two, most important thing, the right. hospitality and the communication. Um, and so she even told me, she was just like, I knew you would respond super fast. Thank you so much for taking care of this. Right. And I apologize. I apologize twice. I'm like, I'm so sorry this happened. There was a mix up on my end. I take responsibility for that. This is how it's being, this, this is what the solution is. Right. So, you know, that's, you, you just got to be on them. You got. And then I also refunded her the cleaning fee. Cause she asked for that. Mm. She was like, "Can I at least have the cleaning feedback? back?" I said, "Absolutely." Yeah, yeah. Take it, take it. Right. Because I don't want a bad review.
0: Right. So all it takes is that one review to come in and like, "Oh yeah, the, the place was cool," but once you see that, but is like, you get, you understand? You zoom in a little bit. That could be a factor between you getting your next three guests versus your Airbnb going. Right. Home. Right. Absolutely. So I, I love that. I love that, and I love the fact that you're an extremely proactive. A host within the short rental space, but listening to you talk about all these things, um, talk to, talk a little bit more about systems, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you don't have to say exactly where, where where you're living out of right now, but you don't live in the same state as your Airbnb, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's a very very big thing yes. too, because there are some people that maybe they live in like Montana, but they want to start their Airbnb in Texas, and mm-hmm. they want to know how to properly put certain systems in place. Right. Mm -hmm. They're still able to manage their Airbnb properly or that or so that their Airbnb can run smoothly Mm -hmm. without them being there. So talk a little bit more about, you know, some of these systems that you've been able to put in place to make sure that on a day to daily basis, your Airbnb is running uh, the way that you want it to.
1: Yes. So the biggest thing is having a team. So, yes, like you mentioned, I actually just moved to Atlanta like a month ago. And I was very nervous because I'm like, oh, my gosh, if something, I'm a control freak, too. So that was that. But I was like, if something happens, I'm not going to be able to drive. I can't drive six hours back to Durham to take care of it the same day. So I made sure that I had a team before I left. Um, So I already talked about the task management um, with your cleaners, especially if you have multiple folks um, having some type of task manager. Something else that is very important is the keyless entry needs to be. Um, remotely controllable. Mm -hmm. So that means that I have an app that I can see, I literally get notifications when someone opens the door, I can see what time they open the door, you know, I can see, you know, and and I have different codes for different people. So I know who was who my cleaner has her own code. So I'll know if she didn't go and clean that day because she didn't open the door. Right. And then I have three other individuals who are part of my staff, who are there as like boots on the ground. So I call them essentially if there's an issue or if there's something that has to be tended to in person. Um, Like if I can't handle it on my phone or virtually, then I call them and they essentially will go in and handle whatever needs to be handled. So in terms of the systems, yes, you absolutely need to have help, especially if you're doing it virtually. Um, But even if you're not, like you could be busy. You can't be the only person that can do something. Because if something happens and you're not available or you don't see your phone or whatever, then there's a problem. Um, So those are some of the systems that you can put in place. And there's also like pricing strategy systems Mm -hmm. that you can use um, where they will your pricing will fluctuate. Your nightly pricing will fluctuate based on you know, how, how booked you are, how not booked you are, and also based on like weekend versus weekday. And so you can definitely um, use those types of things. So, so yeah, those are the systems that I have in place and just documenting the process, like like I said, I have that checklist. So if I have to fire my cleaner tomorrow and get a new one, I already have the checklist of exactly what the new person would need to do. Um, and that is something that helps me not have to do as much work. I'm not making a checklist every time I get a new person because I already have it.
0: Right, right. Man, major, major gems. Major, major gems. So let's start from, from the beginning, right? We 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 got the location. We figured mm-hmm. out. Leasing, figured that Absolutely. out. Furnishing, got it, Right. Cleaning, no dirty towels, no nothing like that. We good. We get money, right? We talked about the systems that need to be put in place, right, to make sure that even if you're not there, business is still getting run um, at maximum capacity. Now let's. Now we essentially have everything that we need to get this thing off the ground, we officially launch our Airbnb unit. But we're still not all the way there yet because. Right. The last and probably one of the more important pieces of this puzzle mm-hmm. is the listing in and of itself. You see, a lot of people don't talk about the listing. From what right. a lot of people don't talk about the listing, and that the listing in a, you could have the most beautiful Airbnb in the world in the greatest place, but the way that you list this property can be can make or break or determine the yeah. difference. You get in three guests a month and thirty guests a month, right? Uh-huh. Talk a little bit about, because let's say someone has uh, Airbnb that they want to do in like a, a, a big name city, like a Miami, a Texas, a Las Vegas, uh-huh. Valley, or maybe they don't, you know, even in your case, you have an Airbnb in, um, in Durham, I'm 100% sure you're not the only Airbnb host out in uh, uh-huh. Carolina. Talk a, bit, a little bit about some strategies that you could give to a new host that's that they can implement to make sure that they have the absolute best listing they possibly can.
1: Yes. So the listing is extremely, extremely important. Um, And you have to also think about like, if you were on Airbnb, what are the things that you look for? Right. Like if you look, okay. The listing needs to be complete, complete everything. Mm. Don't shortchange your listing. Even if you have to take some more time on it, make sure that everything is filled out.
2: Right. Now
1: on Airbnb, when you first create your account and, you know, do your listing, there is going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of little pop-ups. There's pop-ups everywhere suggesting right. and making recommendations. Don't just click out of those. Complete all of those. They're going to say, oh, we recommend you turn on instant booking. We Don't forget to finish your description. Don't forget to set, make these uh, accessibility settings here. Don't forget to you know add your cancellation policy. All of those things have to be filled out right, um, right. because the more complete your listing is, the more legitimate you look. Even if you're a new, you have a new listing and you don't have any reviews or anything yet. Um, There are also things that you can do to increase your SEO. So search engine optimization, where you fall in the algorithm on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. If I type in Charlotte, North Carolina, Airbnb, the the most popular ones are the ones with the, you know, the most foot traffic. They're going to just show up hot, you know, at the top of the list nobody is going through all 35 pages of an Airbnb you know right. of Airbnbs in a in it's a city nobody I go I think the farthest I've gone it was like page five yeah page
0: five. After <laughs> page five I don't want yeah. it I don't because, want
1: it right because why are you so low on the list right and also I gotta be pretty desperate to go that far because right. I got Expedia I got hotels I got bookings.com I got airbnb I got I have too many options to be to wasting my time doing all of that That's so right. some things that you can do. And people don't know this, but you can, the more clicks that you have on your Airbnb listing, the higher you are up in the SEO. Now, when you first create your account, Airbnb does this really nice thing where they put you high on the SEO to get you started, right? They want you to get bookings because that means more money for them. Mm-hmm. So they're going to put you high up on the algorithm for like the first two weeks. After that, you on your own. So you got to maintain that essentially. Um, the more people that click on your listing and Airbnb will show you like the number of views that you have for that month. It's pretty cool. You know, um, and then something else you can do is add, have your listing added to a wish list. So mm-hmm. when I first um, created my listing, I posted on Facebook. I don't care if people on Facebook know I got Airbnb. I do know that people on Facebook are nosy. Mm-hmm. So I made a post and I'm like, hey, y'all, I got a new Airbnb. Check it out. Let me know if you need housing in Durham, right? They're going to click on it. Imagine all my Facebook friends clicking on it. You know, if you have an Instagram page or a business page, put it in your link tree. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh,
1: check out my Airbnb here. You know, I sent my Airbnb link to like 25 of my friends
2: Mm -hmm. or people
1: I knew, family members. I'm on my grandma's phone, my auntie. Mm -hmm. I'm telling them, make an Airbnb account, add my property or my listing to your wish list. Mm-hmm. And by wish list, I mean like if you see on Airbnb, there's like a little heart on it. It's like favor- favoriting the listing, right, right. and then it'll have you put it in like a folder, essentially. So I'll say like, okay, Durham Airbnbs, and then I'll just add it to that wish list. But that's all they have to do. They don't have to book. They don't have to do anything else. They just have to add it to the wish list. That's something that raises your SEO. And so I told all my friends, add it to your wish list. I don't need nothing else. Just do that, and they did it. So that was something that helped tremendously. Um, Now, something else is the title It's very, very important. You don't need to necessarily put obvious things in your title because you only get, excuse me, you only get a certain number of characters. So you can't have this super long title. Now, something that is very important to include in titles are proximity to um, like a, a major place. So in mine, since I'm trying to attract people who are going to Duke, um or who are travel nurses are going to the hospital i have i think my listing title is like renovated um private apartment six minutes from duke hospital now i say it's private apartment because people don't want to share room it's renovated so they're going to see that and they also see that it's very very close to duke university or duke hospital right um and so that's just you know something else that you can do in in terms of your title Um, But like I said, the description has to be complete, you make sure that you're listing all of your information, not all of your information, but like all of the information about the space, you know, when does, and and this is kind of separate from your house rules, there's a house rules section, which is like where you're essentially, you know, putting your your rules. So if there's a $300 smoking fee, that's going to go there, like all of that information is there. Um, Since mine is in a quadruplex, I let them know you're sharing a driveway with other people there's room for one car and there's also street parking. You let them know, you know, park on this side of the street because the other side of the street, you know, they tow after seven or what, you know, those are the types of things that are important. Um, But you definitely wanna highlight, you know, specific things that you think that they would want to know about your space that they might not see. Um, Another really, really super, probably the most important part of your listing is the photos. Mm So don't be cheap y'all trying to take pictures on your camera like you can tell the difference between professional photos and non-professional photos as a fact like you can get professional photos of your listing for like 150 dollars or something like that right um and there's different sites that you can go on to actually find real estate photographers and it's important that you find a real estate photographer because it's different from somebody, you know, your cousin, that just do lifestyle photos of people. It's a different type of angle that they have. It should be a wide angle. It should be brighter and you know, the brightness on the photo. So make sure that whoever's taking your pictures understands that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: especially if they're not like a real estate photographer, like the person that did my pictures, um, she's a regular photographer, but I sent her three or four listings that had great pictures that I'm like, this is what I need. You know, this is what I want my photos to mimic so don't go cheap on that because it's actually proven that you know the prof- professional photos do yield more guests and more reservations.
0: I love that you, listening to you talk is so refreshing, um, because I'm learning a lot about the space through you, which I love, but the number one thing that sticks out to me with you breaking down every phase of the business is how detail oriented, you have to be. And yeah. be successful in this field because you got to think about this. At the end of the day, you're trying to get people to come into a space where they're going to lay their head for X amount yeah. of time. So you better not mess up on the photos. You better not play <laughs> with, the, with the housekeeper. You better not. Right. I wish I, I wish I would come into Airbnb and see a bed bug on the couch. I'm fighting. I got <laughs> I got to slap back somebody. You understand know I me, mean? right? I love, yeah. I love how thorough you've been throughout this entire video, just breaking all of that down because I, there's a lot of people um I'm pretty you know social media does a really good job of glamorizing a lot of things right mm-hmm. this is a great field to get into don't get me wrong but don't think you're gonna just come in here Airbnb right. one, two three it's don't work like that
1: it doesn't make
0: sure you have all your ducks in order right to succeed and you're a current B&B host so you can speak to mm-hmm. them way better than I can so I'm I'm very thankful and very grateful that you're breaking this down the way that you are right but yeah remember uh you know of course we're talking about the short term rental space it's not mm-hmm. just airbnb i know that's the the more the most popular platform right. out there but there are several others out there that people can utilize to get their short term rental business off the ground
2: mm-hmm. let's say
0: i have a unit and i put it on airbnb and for whatever reason it's not it's just not working airbnb don't like me like mm-hmm. that. Or maybe let's say i do i have a unit and i don't even want to do airbnb everybody i want to do something different can you speak a little bit Uh, to let's say I want to get get started with my short-term rental business, but I don't really want to go the Airbnb route. What are some other methods and other routes that I could take to get things going?
1: Um, I would definitely say don't just do Airbnb. Remember, you have VRBO too. The beautiful thing about VRBO is that it's owned by bookings.com or Expedia. So a lot of the times your listing will also show up on those other sites. Um, VRBO typically... It typically attracts more like long term people, meaning like two weeks or three weeks um, rather than just the weekend. But again, it just depends on your location. So if you don't want to do Airbnb or VRBO, you can also do your pri- you can do private rentals. Right. You can post on social ma- on social media or Facebook Marketplace. Um, th- that's what I do. Furnished Finder is also a gym, mm-hmm. a gym. Mm-hmm. Furnishfinder.com. It is the place where all the travel professionals go.
0: Say that, they, say that one more time because I've never heard of that one. Say that one more time. You heard,
1: I know VR go
0: and Airbnb. I've never heard of it. Say that one more time.
1: Furnished Finder. F-U-R-N-I-S-H-E-D mm-hmm. Finder.com. Love it. This is where all the travel nurses, travel respiratory therapists, business executives, that's where they go because they know it's a legitimate, you know, it's a legitimate website. Now this this website does have a fee. It's seventy five dollars per year per unit. You gonna make that back? You gonna we make do it first? Yes, it.
0: come on.
1: So and the leads come to you. I actually just made a reel about this like a few days ago. Mm-hmm. The leads come to you. I'm not reaching out to people. I can if I want to, but they have a list of people who have. Um, who like basically their needs are exactly what you provide. Then they also have a list of people who are looking for spaces in your area, but there might be one or two things that you don't provide that they need. Like if I don't allow pets, you know, and they have a pet, then they'll show up on that second list. Um, But their contact information is there. You can reach out to them. Most of the time they reach out to you. They'll send you a message on the platform and then you answer questions. You'll have a listing on there as well. So you can list all your information, you know, monthly costs, you accept has security deposit amount, all of that. Um, and, and yeah, so Furnish Finder has been a gem. Um, and it's, it's, I just really, really love doing travel professionals because they're coming to work. So, you know, they have money, right? Or they're getting a stipend or business is paying for something. Right. You know, I don't have to worry about, oh, they lost their job due to COVID. No, they didn't because they're coming for the job. Right. So, you know, those are some things that I really like about that. But, yeah, like I said, you can do Facebook Marketplace. You can do your you can have your own OTA. Um, and Airbnb doesn't like you to get guests, you know, off the platform. But I mean, you get a guest on Airbnb and then the next time they come to town. Oh, well, you know, book through this website instead. You'll get a 10 percent discount for booking with me. And they don't have to pay the fees that they have to pay with Airbnb. It's crazy the fees. Mm-hmm. I had a guess. They pay like 413. My payout was like 350 or something like that.
2: Yeesh.
1: So the difference of that was the fees. Right. So they're wanting to av- avoid those as well. So it's a lot of different avenues for it. Um, and then oh, last but not least, Facebook groups. So there's actually a Facebook group called, and I don't know why it's called this, but it's called Gypsy Nurse.
2: Mm. That's
1: a, a huge Facebook group that has like thousands of nurses in it right. who are traveling. And landlords will add themselves to the group, and then they'll post their list and Hey, here's the pictures. This is a monthly rent. Contact me if you need if you need a place to stay. And they they'll comment on the on the photos or they'll PM you. Um, so it's a it's a lot of different ways that you can you can gather leads other than airbnb
0: love it love it love it, love it. it's illegal how much gems you dropped in this video <laughs> it's absolutely unfair. Illegal. It's, it's unfair it's absolutely unfair listen we talked location we talked uh 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 commercial lease we talked furnishing systems housekeeping all things and more my final question i think this one is the most important right because remember mm-hmm. we're, at, we're doing this video for those who are looking to get into the space. I want you to finish the sentence for me, right? Mm -hmm. Not get into this business if blank.
1: If you are afraid to take a risk. Mm. Because with risks, with rewards come risks. You have to take, you have to take a risk. And a lot of people tell me like, what if I don't get bookings? You can't be thinking like that. It's by any means necessary. And also, if you're not getting bookings, it's because you didn't do your research.
0: That's a fact.
1: So with all the stuff I was saying earlier about the the location, don't just get an apartment because it's cheap, because it might not be lucrative. Right. So, you know, but it is a risk that you have to take. Right. So that's why I recommend starting with arbitrage. If you if you're not sure you just want to, you know, get your feet wet, see if the landlord will let you do six months to try it out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you have enough capital to cover the rent if something goes left.
2: Right. But if
1: you are following all the strategies, if your listing is on point, if your SEO is high, if your location is right, if your the linens are white and clean, I don't I don't do anything but white linens. Now I've some people don't do that, but I directly associate cleanliness with white linens. Right. So and a lot of people do. So, you know, doesn't mean that if you have different colors, it's not clean, but whatever. So, you know, all of these things add up or are culminating factors that are going to make or break your business. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's just a risk. So if you but once you start making money, you are like, OK, let me sit, figure out how I can how I can make this better. You know, right. let me. OK, it's been a couple months. Let me replace my replenish my linens switch my stuff up. So that way it still feels fresh and still feels new. So it's going to be a risk associated and you cannot let the risk or the fear of, you know, whatever happens as a result of the risk stop you. Because if you do, you still ain't got an Airbnb, right? You know, or you still don't have, you know, that trucking business that you want, or you still don't have whatever. Right. Um, so you got to just take the risk. Um, and there, that's why it's important to have business credit. That's a whole other conversation, but
0: okay, that's whole different. Or,
1: or even personal credit, right? I started my Airbnb with personal credit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I started everything. I think overall, all the costs was like um, maybe a little bit less than
0: four thousand dollars. Break that quickly. You don't have to get too to mm-hmm. break that down a little bit because I, I think that's the most important thing. There's somebody who's mm-hmm. watching this maybe like, well, how much money do I need to get started? How much did it yes. take you from top to bottom to get your Airbnb, not maintain it, but just to get it started?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let me see. All right, so I have my calculator here.
0: All right, go ahead, um, give us the numbers. <laughs>
1: No cuz it's important cuz you want to know what you're getting yourself into. So, my rent and again, this depends on the area, right? right. It depends right. on the area. So, this is based on Durham, North Carolina. Right. Cost of living is pretty decent there. So, my rent is 1075 a month. So, that was my security deposit was first month's rent. So, I had and I think I paid the prorated months like the I paid the security deposit and a prorated the prorated amount out of my own pocket. Um, because I hadn't made money yet, so ten seventy five for that. I think prorated rent was like four hundred dollars. Something I don't know, but ten seventy five plus, like I said, the fourteen hundred for the um, furnishings and utilities. I had good credit, so when I was transferring those utilities in my name, you know how sometimes they'll say, "Well, we got to do a soft pull right. to see, you know, what your deposit's going to be." Right, um, right. I didn't have to pay the deposits on the utilities because I had good credit.
2: Right, so, right.
1: but if you do have to pay deposits, that's okay. It's usually no more than like $150. Right, so let's right. say to get the utility started, you paid like $300 or whatever. Right. Um, right. So that's 1,700, or no, I did that wrong. That's 2,775. So I spent actually 2,475. Mm -hmm. to get everything started and that includes linens that includes you know some cleaning supplies and and all of that Mm. so it's not bad
2: right right it's really
1: not but that can look different like i said i'm not trying to say oh get your business started with two thousand dollars right but you know it looks different but i think five thousand dollars is a really comfortable starting point you know because as you move to the luxury and it depends too are you in a luxury apartment Right. where the rent's going to be sixteen hundred dollars that that just looks different um so yeah that's that's the that's the startup cost but there's really nothing else associated with that
0: right so listen miss chapman i owe you a million, <laughs> million things this was an absolutely sensational sit down and i thank you so so much for your time Real quick, before we sign out, you did mention that you have a coaching program. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you wanted to plug that in. And also, I'm going to put it somewhere mm-hmm. on the as well, but I'll plug okay. in can tap in with you because someone may be watching this and think to themselves, yeah, I got like 80 more questions I need to ask her, right? Right. <laughs> so so let, it, let the people know where they can reach you. But more importantly, talk a little bit more about that coaching program.
1: Yes. So I have a coaching program. It's called STR hustle short-term rental hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is right now it's one-on-one. I was doing it with groups, but it's pretty flexible. It's a four-week coaching program. I was able to condense it. Um, still all of the gems, but just two sessions rather than four sessions. And the two sessions are longer. So if you wanted to, I had somebody knock it out in a week, we met on a Tuesday and a Thursday and they were done. Um, so if you want to do that, you can do that. But yes, with this, I'm walking you through everything that I walked you through with today, plus more details. So, um, you know, I have my furnishing list. Like I told you, I have my list of just resources, like where, what websites, websites to go to, to find professional photographers, what websites to go to, to find cleaners. Um, you know, I provide my cleaning checklist, so you don't even have to do that. Um, what else? There's there's a bunch more. Um, it also is accompanied by a Facebook group. So I have my recordings there. So if you need to go back and, and watch the recording, then you can go back and look at it. Um, and then you can also just share your wins, share your wins and your losses. And so it's a community that is meant for that so that, you know, people can understand that, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. Like, this is something that, you know, like I said, you have to take a risk with. And so, but... The coaching program is there so that you don't have to take as many risks and make as many mistakes as I made. And that's really the importance of those types of programs is that, you know, you're paying to avoid the mistakes that I made.
2: That's a fact. Because
1: I'm going to warn you, wait a minute, don't do that because this is what's going to happen. So. So, yeah, that is um, something that I do. Pretty flexible. uh, It's very flexible. I work with your schedule and things like that. Um, and if you need to reach me, you can reach me at compass PG on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Just DM me STR hustle. If you're interested and we can go from there.
0: Love it. Love it. Listen, thank you again. So, so much for your time. I had an absolutely phenomenal time. I learned a lot. I, I, am about to, I'm about to go start an Airbnb myself. This, (laughs) this, This is absolutely sensational, man. Thank you so, so much for your time. I really do appreciate you for sharing your knowledge and expertise with my audience and for everybody that's watching uh uh whether it be current subscribers or new subscribers whoever may be, tap in with miss uh chapman at compass pg you said right Mm -hmm. definitely sign up for the coaching program as well if you're interested in getting in the field one thing i've learned from personal experience it's always better to have a sense of mentorship right somebody who's been there before so you can do the pitfalls that they had they went through right so you don't got to go through it Uh, but once again, thank you so, so much for your time and to each and every single person that tapped in. I hope you guys enjoyed and received a lot of value. If you did, don't forget to take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now to go ahead, slap that like button and subscribe for future videos to come. I'm Marvin Francois. This is Maya Chapman. I've been good. Y'all have been great. This has been amazing as always. Thank you. And God bless.